0: Locked On Podcast Network and State Farm present Paving the Way, a new series highlighting important voices across Locked On's network. Every month, our host Kanani Stevens will showcase other Locked On hosts who come from underserved communities to hear the challenges they face to become a sports broadcast personality. Who will be paving the way this episode? Find out now. State Farm believes it's important to champion diverse voices and create positive impacts in our neighborhoods. That's why our good neighbors at State Farm are proud to support the Paving the Way series and the mission to provide support to underserved communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. On this episode of Paving the Way, we talked to Q from Locked On Raiders, who started out as a hip hop DJ and now is covering his favorite childhood team. Welcome into Paving the Way. I'm Kainani Stevens here with Q from Locked On Raiders. And Q, it's good to see you. You're one of our favorite hosts. We try not to play favorites, but I I find you to be one of my favorites because I love all the football shows. And um, we like to start a little bit of background, kind of. How did you get into sports as a kid, and how were sports a big part of your life as a kid?
1: Well, that was just it it was everything sports for me growing up was you know go outside and play and it was play everything baseball basketball football tag right i mean it didn't matter what it was there was there wasn't a whole lot of and i'm gonna sound like the old dude in the room and i'm okay with that there wasn't a whole lot of hey i'm gonna stay in inside and play atari or i'm gonna play nintendo or whatever it was at that time there wasn't a whole lot of that so my best friend was the was the sunlight right sunlight's out i'm going outside to play and uh, I always wanted to be the best at everything. It was so funny. I was so competitive and I still am. It's just, you know, whatever it was that I was competing in with my friends, uh, it could be bike riding, whatever, you know, just racing, whatever the case was. I always wanted to be the best at it. And so just that competitive nature grew. And and then my, my family were, were so big on sports. My mom and dad used to always watch, you know, the Lakers or Giants and baseball, and the A's or whatever the case may, be, whoever it was on. If there was sports on, it was on on our TVs. And so it's just something that I always grew up watching and understanding like that's a way of life to the point where I didn't realize that there was something going on outside of the, you know, outside of sports world. Right. I just thought mm-hmm. that this is all it ever is, because on our TVs, it's all sports. And, and, you know, my grandfather had season tickets to the A's. So I used to go to the A's games all the time. And oh, that was always a fun bonding time, whether it was with me and my dad, me and my mom, me and my grandfather. You know, it's just like certain things you grew up learning and knowing and knowing that this is what we do uh, in this house. And so sports has always been such a huge part of my life and, and just uh, love the competitive nature of it. And I really feel like it, it's kept me as well, especially when I was a young guy, from making like bad decisions because my parents would always point out guys in sports that made bad decisions. <laughs> right. And it's, it's almost to the point where it scared me. And maybe I shouldn't have been scared. But I was because I was a kid. So I was like, well, I can't do that. (laughs) Right. So, uh, you know, it just kind of helped with everything. But sports has been fantastic for me. It really has.
0: You can always tell a uh, tell a story with sports. And I feel like when that's ingrained, you take it in a little bit more, especially as a kid. Um, I know sports was everything to you, but you didn't start out in sports necessarily, especially in this business, which is unique because a lot of people start in different things, but kind of work their way back. So how did you kind of start out in the business?
1: It was weird. I mean, it really was. I I moved from from California to to central Texas, and I did that to go work at a hip hop station or at least a station that I thought was a hip hop station. It was kind of a a hybrid in between whatever the case may be. But just because I had been in radio for so many years, you know, I kind of stumbled into the business, not really on purpose, not really knowing what I even wanted to do. I mean, I had a good job uh, early in life, you know, working at the grocery store, making some pretty good money with no responsibilities. So, I mean, I was not doing bad, but I just was. It was just something that everybody could do so i always wanted to do something that i felt like it took someone special to do not saying i was special but i just wanted to be a little bit different than everybody else so uh you know kind of stumbled into radio and you know got my start in in san francisco as an intern at wild 94.9 and met a lot of people that said hey if you want to get you know in this business and be on the radio you've got to leave here you have to go to smaller markets you have to go to different radio stations and get a job here, get fired, get a job here, get fired. I mean, that's like, just kind of the nature of the beast. And for some dumb reason, I was like, hey, that sounds cool. <laughs> 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 right. So I did it. And I love music anyway. Right. So I, I love music. So I thought, why not? You know, why not do that? And uh, I spent a lot of time in, in Fresno, California at a, a radio station, Q97, funny or not. And so obviously that went really well with me, Q and, and Q97. So that's kind of how everything came about. And and it's just so i had an opportunity to, to leave california and go to texas to to work at a radio station just because i had really kind of been it was like i was i was out of radio for about a year and i knew that that wasn't the end if the right opportunity came by so you know i was offered this opportunity to go to texas so i took it with the with the knowledge of if it doesn't work out i could always go back to california and do whatever i've been doing anyway like it's going to be fine and i went And the station that I was working at was not a very good one. They didn't like me. I didn't like them. Right, So it was like, something's got to give, you know, maybe I'm on my way back to Cali, who knows? And then another radio station across the street said, uh, you know, hey, I want you as another hip hop station. Like, hey, we like what you sound like. We'd like you to come work for us. And I never do the, you know, work at one radio station, then go across the street and work at another radio station or a competitor. Like I never do that. It's just It was never in my radio DNA, but they had ESPN Central Texas in the building. So I thought as I'm starting to get older, and hip hop wasn't the same to me. It wasn't Pac and Biggie and, and uh, you know, Outkast and everything that I really grew up loving. DJ Quick, Too Short. It was it was starting to phase away from that kind of stuff into more, you know, futures and, you know, all this other whatever. And again, sound like the old dude in the room, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really big on the music at the time, but I knew that I could still relate to the music at the time. So I took a shot. I said, all right, as long as I can work at that sports station, then I'll, I'll take your job. And he said, well, as long as that guy, the program director, David Smoke, says you can, then then I'll be okay with that. I'll sign off on it. So I was like, all right, cool. That's all I need. And I must have harassed David Smoke for about a year and a half before he finally gave me a shot to get on the radio sports-wise. And he didn't have any money for me. I don't have any money. But if you have an opportunity to, uh, you know, if you think you could contribute to something and you think you can hang with these guys, then, you know, I'll go ahead and let you on. If you want to do a segment, you want to do an hour, you want to do two hours, whatever you feel like you can handle. So I took that as the biggest challenge. Like, are you trying to give me an opportunity without giving me a real opportunity? Even though he wasn't, he just didn't know what my capabilities were. So I said, well, if I'm going to do the show, I'm going to do the whole show and I'll be ready and prepared and be ready to go and and we'll rock. And so we did. And it kind of took off from there. So about two months into me having that non-paid job, it turned into a paid job. Now, it wasn't very much money, but at least they recognized that, okay, this guy is worthy to be on the payroll. So uh, that's really how I got into sports. And it took off from there. It really did
0: so many things I feel like, especially in sports are like, you know, maybe it's an unpaid internship or you're just doing something on your own time. And maybe people are hesitant to do that, but if it's an ends to a mean, and I always feel like don't do it if you're not going to put your effort into it. But I feel like you are one of those people as well. Like if you can do it, put your full effort into that and get something out of it, then it's worth it. And I feel like you're a good example. Obviously it got you to where you are now.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt, you know, and it, it's so funny because I, again, I, I, it's funny. I told um, my my mentor Victor Zaragoza, who worked at a wild or well, yeah, Wild ninety four nine, and he's one of the guys that told me you need to go and and work somewhere else. He had told me at one point he wanted to transition from music to sports as well. So that was always kind of resonating in the back of my head that at some point, you know, I can only host a hip hop show for an 18 year old for so long. Right. I mean, as much as I like to think that I'm still a young looking dude and feel like I got a lot of young energy, it's like at some point you're not really that relatable guy anymore. So I always wanted to transition to sports. I just didn't know how. And that's why when I saw that opportunity, I thought, man, if I could figure this out and I had no idea, you know, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't have any experience. I didn't really know anybody that was in the business. It just the station was there. They felt like they needed somebody. And I, I felt like I could be that guy and I was going to do everything I could. And especially when they said, if you think you can hang with those guys. And that's really all. I was like, man, can 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 I hang with them? Can they hang with me? Right. Because I just I know me and I'm not if I fail, I'm going to fail with all efforts like you mentioned. And so that's that's what it's all about. man. If you're going to go in, you got to go all the way in and really, really do everything you can, like bust your tail to do it. And And that's what I did. And it, it worked out for me.
0: I feel like so many people um, growing up, they kind of have, you know, a goal, whether it's to be a hip hop DJ or whatever it might be. And then you get a little bit older and you realize that your goals can change and it's not that um, you're giving up or anything like that. It's just you want to do something different. And I think sometimes people get caught up in that. Obviously, you made that career change. When did that kind of click and, and how did you get to where you are today?
1: well, it's, fu- it's funny. I was going to be in the NBA like all of us, right? Yeah, <laughs> We were all going to be pro athletes. And so it's funny. I had told my dad that I was going to go to the league, even though I wasn't very good in school. So I couldn't stay on the, on the team because I, I couldn't keep grades. Um, you know, I, I really I was just a really good athlete, but I wasn't really fundamentally sound. Uh, then I tore a couple of my ACLs and I was like, all right, well, that's going to change. Right. That's not going to be uh, the business. But uh, you know, like I say, in, in 2012 is when I got the opportunity to, to start doing sports. And that's when I when I first got, you know, just a couple of shows under my belt and realized that, yeah, I can do this as long as I'm a little bit more seasoned, as long as I you know do a little bit more prep work, as long as I'm on top of what I'm supposed to be on top of, just kind of feeling it out and, and, and learning from the people around me. I could do this. And so I really started to try to lean into that. So I, at one point I was doing a morning show on the hip hop station and then an afternoon show on the sports station. So it was like an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours at the most, break in between. And as long as I didn't stop doing what I was doing at the at the hip hop station at a high level, they were gonna let me keep doing it. So I was like, Well, that means I just gotta do both. Right. And so that's just kind of how everything rolled. And and really in 2012, when I got that opportunity, I I realized how much I, I could appreciate this sports game. And then I looked around and I saw people, you know, that that looked like me and sounded like me. And I realized, wait a minute, hold on. This this is something that's obtainable, uh, right? Because it's it's not always like that, you know, in this industry, uh, there's it's not, you know, there's not a lot of African Americans that are on the radio doing sports radio, you know, out, outside of guys that were athletes, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a lot. And so I always knew that that was kind of against me as well. And then being in Central Texas, it was really against me, right? I mean, <laughs> there was nobody in the building that looked like me. So then I knew that, okay, I got it stacked against me a little bit, but if I can make it here, I can make it. And so that was kind of, that was kind of the mission. Like I was going to make sure that I went ahead and did that. And, you know, I just, like I said, I did everything I could put everything behind it and it worked out really well.
0: I feel like part of the transition too, at least for me, like, especially when you're a fan of something, right. So you're a sports fan, but then when you get into it, you realize there's a lot of homework behind this, right? Like I can't just watch the game and like it. I have to like pay attention, look at stats compared to other things. And that's something that gets lost, but like when you start doing it daily, that's something, a routine you almost build, right? Is that something you kind of learned along the way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really there, there's, to me, there's no life really outside of sports, right? It's always, uh, I got to watch this game. I got to be paying attention to this game because this matters uh, to the standings or whatever the case may be, you know? And, and the more that you get to be involved, the better because then all of a sudden you get to go behind the scenes. Now I'm at training camp and, you know, when I was at ESPN Central Texas, you know, we were a big college station. We are the flagship station mm-hmm. of Baylor. So now I'm going over to the campus of Baylor and I'm talking to players and I'm listening to the coach and I'm I'm observing a lot of what works and what, you know, what makes these other guys around me successful, Like like David Smoke, who was my program director. He had been doing it for a very long time. So I just kind of watched and tried to emulate what he was doing. You know, OK, he's he's interviewing this guy. He's you know, getting four or five minutes of uh, interview with a player and then he's bringing it back to the show. And that four or five minutes with that player is better than a 20 minute segment or 15 minute segment because it's just him and the player. And, you know, it's like doing the extra work. Right. Stuff. A lot of stuff that that people won't do. And I think that's what separates me from a lot of the people that you know I've worked with or, or uh, work around is that I'll take that extra step. I'll drive that extra extra mile to go and, you know, go across town. To get eight minutes worth of audio from a couple players, but that eight minutes is almost like a show. You know what I mean? It's like it's it, it does so much and it, it works so well that it's just taking that extra step. Like I feel like not anybody, but a lot of people can show up to the station, turn on the mic, talk about a game, talk about a team, talk about uh, a sport or multiples for a couple hours and and get away with it. But if you go that extra mile and you do the the the, the homework and you start to get the backstory on the player and how the player arrived to where they are, how the coach got the job, you know, what does this game mean to them? You know, you didn't get recruited very highly. What was that, you know, the motivation behind that? Like if you start doing the extra little uh, homework and getting those extra little nuggets, that's what separates the good from the great. And I've never had a goal to be good at anything. I've always wanted to be great at everything. And I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to be, but I sure am going to do everything I can to try. Right. I mean, that's, that's the goal is to be uh, great at everything, not, not just good at it. So, Going that extra mile is what i want to do all the time
0: learning along the way for sure too yeah um how did locked on come into your life i know locked on means a lot of different things to a lot of different people but how did it come to you how did you get involved
1: man unbelievable Uh, unbelievable i mean it really is like you know it's to, to even to this day it just makes me laugh and uh when i think about it i was again at espn central texas And of course, we're talking Cowboys, we're talking Texans, we're talking Rangers, we're talking Baylor, we're talking college football, we're talking everything but Raiders, right? Right. Everything but Raiders, because I'm in Central Texas, so who's going to talk Raiders? And I still found a way to get the Raiders on the radio. Like, I'd I'd still talk Raiders on the radio at times, just because. So, a guy out of nowhere, uh, James Arcelana, tweeted out one day, and I've never met this guy, remember, I've never ever met this dude, but he tweeted out, I'm thinking about starting a Raiders podcast, who would want to do one with me? And so I just kind of saw it and I thought, well, hell, I can do it. I, I'm, I'm a Raider fan. I grew up in the Bay. I know everything that there is to know about the Raiders. I, you know, yeah, let's do it. So I, I tweeted at him. I said, hey, man, I'd be willing to do it. And he didn't know me at all from anybody. And um, so he was like, oh, well, let me get your information and I'll, I'll get back to you. So he went and listened to me on the radio. I guess he found the download link or whatever, found the, the podcast version of the radio show or just clicked on live and listened. And then he hit me back and he's like, Hey man, you're really good at what you do. Let's do it. You know, and and look, we're not going to get paid for this. Uh, I'll create a website, but we'll just have fun talking about the Raiders. We'll do it like once a week, twice a week, whatever the case may be. And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. You know, I'm talking sports every day, but now I can talk Raiders at least once a week. And it's just for fun. It's just to put it out there because in my opinion, there wasn't a lot of outlets that were talking Raiders at the time. And even growing up in the Bay area, when they were winning, there wasn't a lot of outlets talking Raiders at the time. And when I, and I was at Q97 in Fresno, the, the hip-hop station. I would talk Raiders on the radio all the time. My boss would come in. It's like, hey, we are not a sports station. <laughs> stick, to, stick to music. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're in Fresno, California. It's nothing but Raider fans, Niner fans, and Cowboy fans. Like, we have to talk about this. It's a big deal. And it, and it goes with hip-hop. And so, anyway, we used to fight about that all the time to the point where he's like, well, I'm going to make you go work at a sports station one day. And I was like, well, that might be okay. You know, but just, of course, just joking back and forth. And now here we are. But getting back to uh, the the podcast I did with James, it was called The Black Hole Banter. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. We did it for the whole 2016 year. Uh, That's when the Raiders did really well. They they got to the playoffs and Derek Carr broke his ankle. And so it was all bad after that. But it's like we documented that whole year through podcasts. And then we started doing the 2017 year. And out of nowhere, and I promise you nowhere, David Locke sent me a direct message and said, hey, man, um, been hearing your stuff black hole banter or hearing your podcast on the Raiders I have a podcast network over here might be interested in you doing a show here and and I said well what are you talking about And he said the lockdown Raiders show and I guess it had just been um I guess it, the guy who was doing it before me uh decided that he was he wasn't going to do it anymore and so I was like yeah that's cool I could tr- yeah sure why not but I didn't really take it seriously like I, mm-hmm. I promised you 100% I didn't take it seriously I was like man some dude sent me a direct message like how can this really be whatever. And then I asked him, I was like, well, you know, is there some kind of money behind it? And oh, yeah, you can make whatever you really put into it. And I was like, okay. Well, you know, so I I really (laughs) honestly doubted that it was even going to be anything. So he said, all right, well, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And we'll have you start doing the show. Um, And it was right after Jack Del Rio got fired. So it was right after the 2017 season is when I started. So I started with John Gruden 2.0 and uh, it was funny because he hit me up one day and was like, Hey, I thought you would have done a show by now. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The podcast, I'll get back to it. And so I finally did one and then I did another and then I did another. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, hey, wait, there's something here. And I saw more downloads and I saw more people be interested in it. And I was like, wait, hold on. So I was very raw and didn't really know what I was doing to be 100% honest. Like I had no clue. I had never done a podcast solo by myself, but I figured I could talk Raiders for 24 minutes if I had to. Like there's no way I can just not talk Raiders for 24 minutes. So I got better at it and better at it. And people started saying that they were enjoying the show and, You know, I started having some, you know, listeners that were listening all the time. And I started listening to other podcasts and I was starting to hear what they were doing. I was like, okay, well, I can do this like that. And so I started just kind of taking notes and you know, people were critiquing it and saying, I like this part of it. I don't like this element. I like what you did here. And it just started growing and growing. And it just kept growing and to the point where now people are starting to, you know, say my name. And it's like, hey, man, Q is really good when it comes to Raiders. You guys need to pay attention to them. And I think just building the, the the whole I don't want to say fan base. It's just, I want to say family. I feel like it felt like I was building a family of Raider fans and it was really wild how it grew. And it just, it just became unbelievable to me to the point where it just started, you know, 3000 downloads a day or 4,000 downloads a day. And I was like, where, what world is this in? You know, where where do we live that this is possible? And, you know, and so it, it was one of those things that I, I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know how long I wanted to do it for. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it consistently, but once I got into the routine of doing it consistently and saw how much people appreciated it, I realized like, OK, this is what I've got to do. And this is this is this is the path to maybe potentially something bigger. And I didn't know what bigger was. I just knew that ESPN Central Texas was only going to be ESPN Central Texas for so long. Like I realized that there was a ceiling there that I could reach. And once I reached that ceiling, then what? So I wanted to always be ready and prepared for the next step. So, you know, between the radio show and and the podcast, I, I met a lot of people. Uh, continue to get contacts and you know then i started becoming a guy that was getting radio requests like they were asking me to come on their radio show like 95 7 the game in the bay area would call me or text me and say hey q this is so and so can you come on and talk raiders and i'm like wait hold on i'm in texas you're in san francisco the raiders are playing in oakland but you want me to come on and talk raiders cool i'll do it like i'll never say no i've never turned down any kind of interview request because that's how you get your name out there but the podcast is what got my name out there. The podcast is what made people know this guy's a good guy to talk with when it comes to the Raiders. Let's get him on. And then it's funny because I even pushed back then. I didn't want to be known as the guy that just knew Raiders. I wanted everyone to know that I could talk anything. It's not just Raiders. I could talk about anything. And I had a guy, a program director, tell me, wait a minute, hold on. What is, what is Keyshawn Johnson known for? And I said, just throw me the damn ball. And he goes, exactly. Be Keyshawn Johnson. Be that guy. That's your lane. Own that lane. Wherever anybody thinks of Raiders, they need to think of you. And so when they said it in that perspective, I thought I was pigeonholing myself. Instead, it's like I'm an expert, right? So it was just a big deal. And again, it all started with the podcast because now that podcast being out there consistently and having the the, the family that was listening to it all the time and promoting it and tweeting about how great it was, great show cue, hey man, great point here, this, that, and the other all of a sudden it started getting everyone else's attention and it started giving me credibility. And that's how I'm getting all these radio requests. And it just used to crack me up. I was like, I'm in central Texas and you have me talking about a team across the country. You're asking me to come on your radio show that, you know, I think radio is gold. Like I think that radio is the best thing ever. And I'm like, you're going to give a guy in central Texas that should be talking about Baylor or the Cowboys. You're giving me some time to talk about my favorite team. And on my podcast, and you're quoting stuff I said on my podcast this morning, like that really took it to the next level. So you know that that's that's really how it opened so many doors for me, and to the point where I'm at now here in Vegas, and I'm covering the the team daily. And you know when I got the the well when I was interviewing for the job, and when I was trying to um, apply for the job. Everyone had kept calling the radio station was like, man, you guys need to get Q on. You need to get Q on. If there's anyone who could talk Raiders, it's Q. But it all goes back to the podcast. They only knew that because of the podcast. So it opened so many doors for me to the point where I was trying to help other guys like, hey, man, if you have an opportunity, get on this podcast network because it's legit. It's not one of those where it's unprofessional where it's a bunch of just like homers and and you know just looking through the eyeglasses of their favorite team or this that and the other and tell you what you want to tell. It's real. It's to the point. It's uh, professional. It's as professional as a radio station would be, right? If not more. And so that I just started promoting that, and it, it just it just kept going. I mean, like I could talk about the podcast network forever. It's just I'm not where I'm at today if it's not for what or for locked on. Just bottom line, I'm just not.
0: And I feel like part of Locked On's, I mean, we could talk about it. I could talk about it too. They let you be yourself, right? So it's yeah. not like you're coming in and you need to do this, that, and the other. You want to show your personality and that's why people choose you and that's why people have built around you because they like you. And it's kind of cool to... Go into a place because you can go to other stations, radio, and they're like, we want you to be like this. or We want yeah. that. And to be in a space where you can actually be yourself and then kind of see the rewards of that is pretty awesome. Have you thought about that? Like sometimes I think about that and it's just really neat to think about.
1: Yeah. And also that it's funny that you brought that up because it it allowed me to always be me. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it allowed me to say, yes, I'm going to be myself at all times here, but I'm going to be myself at all times everywhere right? And it's just, and and you're not going to tell me, I want you to be this. I want you to be that. If you want Q, you want Q. You don't want someone who sounds like me. You don't want someone who looks like me. You don't want someone that has a little bit of the knowledge of me. You want me. And if you don't want me and don't allow me to be me, then that's okay because I'm going to be somewhere where they do, right? And appreciate it and embrace it like you mentioned. So yeah, you're absolutely 100% spot on. And that was one of the biggest things. You know, I always wanted to be the same guy I am in the hallway is the same guy I want to be on the podcast, Is the same guy I want to be on the radio, the same guy I want to be, you know, everywhere. Whoever I am off the air, I'm going to be on the air. And if you can embrace that and appreciate it. And some people, you know, I'm not for everybody. Right. I'll be the first to say that. I don't think anybody is for everybody. And that's OK. But for those that appreciate it, we'll appreciate it. And I'm, I'm just going to rock with that. And the day I can't is a day that I've I've had enough. And, and that's just that.
0: I feel like that's always good advice to people, because I know when I first started out, it was really hard because you know, you don't, you're trying to be professional. You don't really know it. yet. You're not like, you want to be yep. yourself, but it's trying to kind of figure that out and then also be yourself, but learn and grow at the same time. So, um, do you have any advice for younger people that kind of get into this? I know we've talked a little bit about kind of working your way up and being yourself, but anything else you would tell anybody that wants to get into this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I say it all the time and it's, I think it's the best piece of advice. And, and uh, this is the one thing that i always live on. Like I'm not the most talented dude in the world. I'm not. I'll, I'll never be. There's someone out there right now that's way more talented than me. But the one thing I can promise you is that there's not someone out there that's going to outwork me. Bottom line, I will always be that guy that outworks everybody. I have no problem saying that, right? And I say it with my chest out. Like, I will not be outworked. I may be out, out more. Someone more, might have more talent than me, and that's okay, right? Some, some people just are gifted. But, you know, the ones like me that aren't as gifted don't have any problem putting our head down and working. So I'm going to always work. I'm gonna always grind. I'm gonna always make the main thing, the main thing. And, and, and that's what it has to be, right? Always work your tail off. Like, don't let someone next to you outwork you, right? I <laughs> just, cause, cause that's what I tell everyone. Like, Hey, if, if, you know, if I'm not doing a show right now, if I'm not doing a podcast, if I'm not on the air, someone else is. So I might as well go ahead and take that advantage and, and do that and, and, and do it at the highest level at all times. No one, you never know. That's the other this is the other best piece of advice I got. You never know who's listening. So I could be going into this podcast tomorrow and maybe I had a bad day at home or maybe I'm a little tired or maybe whatever. But I never know who's going to pick up and decide that they want to listen to the Lockdown Raiders podcast on this Tuesday. Like I never know. So there could be someone that could change my life for all I know that's going to listen. And I don't want my first impression, their first impression of me of being like, oh, this guy stinks. And then I have to come back and be like, oh, that was just a bad day. Like, we're not always going to hit home runs. I get it. Every day is not the greatest day. But as long as you're consistently – like, I want you to see who I am consistently. I'm always going to be this dude consistently. Then, then I, I'm comfortable with that. If I ever feel like I didn't do it or, you know, I just kind of went through it, ho-hummed it, and just called it a day, then there's I don't feel good about myself because then I know someone could be listening that thinks – What's so special about this guy? I keep hearing all these great things about him, but I finally listened to his show, and this is what I hear? Oh, this guy's terrible. So, you know, no matter what your equipment's like, no matter what the, the house like, life is like, no matter what anything is like, like whatever you put out there for someone else to hear, make it your best work every time because there could be a difference maker. And for me, the difference maker was David Locke. When he reached out to me, and, um, you know, he changed my life. Really did. And, and it's funny, he laughed because he asked, he asked me, like, well, what are you doing at ESPN Central Texas? And I kind of told him, and you know, he was kind of laughing. He said, "Well, this this has a potential of being something pretty big for you if you, you know, if you put some work into it." And I was like, "Okay, well, I can do that." And I, obviously, he knew way more than I did about you know the potential of this network. But yeah. man, it's it's been such a blessing to be a part of, and and I've met so many friends, and and like I said, I call them family, and we've had locked on Raiders podcast parties with the last day at the Oakland Coliseum, the last game that was ever played there. Uh, We had a big, huge party and so many people came together and I met so many people that listen on the daily. It's ridiculous. I I meet people at Allegiant Stadium all the time that listen on the daily. They always say, Q, first listen every day. Q, first listen. Like When they tell you what you tell them, that's when you know that they're listening all the time. So it's just been special. And and like I said, David, David knew more about my ability than I knew about my ability at the time. And he was really able to, uh, you know, to tap into that. So I'll, I'll always be appreciative for that.
0: I do want to point out one other thing, especially with your story. I feel like success isn't linear, right? You think you're going to get your dream job right away and you don't and you do something no. else. And then I always felt like where I'm at right now, if I was there five years ago, I wouldn't be as good as I am at it right now. And there's a reason I did that first. And I feel yeah. like you're a great example of doing what you did to get to where you are now and you can appreciate it and you can be as successful as you are now because of what you did before that.
1: For sure. For sure. It, it takes the steps. Like you, there's no way I could have just walked into where I'm at now and been like, oh, hey, no problem. I had to be at ESPN Central Texas. I had to work for free. I had to, you know, learn from people around me. I had to do it on a college level. Right. And, and, and learn from covering a, a college team and then taking that skills and obtain, you know, and, and turn it into, OK, this is how you cover a professional team. OK, great. And it's just it all evolves. Right. No, You're not, you're not born running. You have to born, you have to be born and then walk and then you'll, you you learn to run afterwards. So it was, it was, yeah, it's definitely the steps that it took, but it was the greatest steps for me ever. and, And I'm still living it every day.
0: Before we end the show, we do want to highlight an organization that we're working with in an effort to support paving the way for future generations faced with less favorable opportunities. State Farm and Locked On will be giving a donation to the incredible organization, Everyone On, for every host that we feature on this series, and today we'll do that for Q. The mission of Everyone On is to unlock opportunity by connecting families in underserved communities to affordable internet services and digital literacy training. Doing so creates significant positive change in communities and society as a whole. A big thank you to our good neighbors at State Farm for their support on behalf of our hosts and helping pave the way for so many others in our communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm and Locked On Network share a common goal, helping to make our communities a better place. State Farm is committed to helping amplifying individuals and organizations that lead the way in diversity, inclusion, and social good. Because we know that investing in community building and uplifting diverse voices is crucial to creating a sense of belonging. State Farm is proud to sponsor the Paving the Way series and celebrate the changemakers that have paved the way in making our neighborhoods a better place for everyone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.